The following program contains comic mischief commonly found in PG-rated family-friendly films. It does not necessarily represent the values of this station. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. That's M-A-G-I podcast.com. Previously on the show, the three Magi pursued the crazed King Herod back to ancient Israel, where they're now pursued by his army of royal guards. Chapter 8, Instigating. looking at my office again and it's been transformed into mission control or something. Computers and monitors are stacked on my desk and I'm sitting behind all of it. An angel in a white jumpsuit tries to hand me a cup of coffee, but I'm too busy studying one of the screens. Guys, this isn't angels in the outfield. I need a live feed. Adjusting some knobs on the monitor, one of the angels gets it to display a live feed into the ancient stable. There, there. Okay, leave it. It's a grainy image, but I'm able to watch Herod sneak into a small stable with David in tow. This is bad. Um... Okay. (sighs) Get me the Master Orb. Sir. It's just a precaution. Two muscular angels in white jumpsuits march down a white hallway. They stop at a vault and both insert gold keys. With a nod and synchronized turn, the vault opens. There's an orb, a special one, bigger than normal with a tint of metallic red in a small glass box. One of the angels lifts it carefully. Opening portals remotely. I don't know, you think he's actually going to use it? Yo, there's no way he's going to use it. In the corner of a dusty, dimly lit stable, David hangs from a hook on the wall, gagged and tied up with rope. His muffled moans for help are fruitless. Turning a corner, King Herod spots the silhouette of a bearded man and a young woman. At their feet, a manger with a golden glow. David's eyes widen when he sees it too. Outside, Baz and Mel hurry quietly to the same stable. A herd of sheep nuzzle them with affection. The star has led us here? Such a lowly shack is no place for an infant king. It's now too late. Come on. She motions to Mel that they should climb the back wall. Back inside the stable, Herod creeps towards the glowing manger, while David struggles in silent futility behind him. Love that squeak. Sometimes life's not all lemons, you know. The sound alerts the man and the woman to Herod's presence, and they spin around to face him. We instantly know them to be the actual Mary and Joseph. The OGs. You heard? Playa? I have no idea why I'm talking like this. I'm, I'm just really, really excited. Uh, hey, listen, uh, we're pretty tired. The shepherd's just left and it's been a long day. Do you want to maybe worship the baby in the morning? I'm not here to worship your dumb baby. I'm here to kill him. Ooh, that's a little dark. Might as well kill you two. 
too. Like, I, I mean, I mean as well. I mean, I'm gonna, gonna kill you too. All three of you. Dang it. Harry draws his sword and tries to make it look cool, but it just looks okay. Maybe do you want to try that in the morning instead? Dropping down from above, Baz and Mel stand between Herod and Mary and Joseph. The shadows in the stable obscuring their faces and making them look ten feet tall. See? They look cool, and they aren't even trying. Who's there? Ch Chomper? Is that you? Dude, it's Baz. Oh no, it's the weather police. Herod swings his blade wildly at Baz and Mel, but they dodge the swipe and Herod plows into a pile of straw. When Baz lays eyes on Mary and Joseph, you can tell that she's recalling the two figurines that she saw in the nativity set mere moments ago, albeit across 2,000 years. Could it all really be true? Glancing to their feet, Baz beholds the glowing manger and wonders what, uh, who could be laying inside. But it's Baz, and Baz is awesome. So she snaps back into action and keeps being a hero. Ma'am, I'm gonna have to ask you to both get back. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks. You're sweet. Mel jerks a rake from a hook on the wall and charges at Herod. The duel is pretty balanced. You know, Mel using his rake with precision and Herod swinging and screaming like a toddler. <laughs> Managing to catch Herod's sword in the tines of his ancient gardening tool, Mel goes to jerk the blade out of Herod's hands. But the flustered king holds on tight and uses their proximity as an opportunity to hoof Mel in the gut instead. Mel stumbles back, winded. Almost there. Baz frees David and she sees with a grateful hug. You good, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. Stay close to me. We're gonna take this guy down. Awesome. Baz grabs a sickle from the wall. Coming alongside Mel, she puts the heat on Herod in a fast-paced spurt of cooperative action. David stands back, quietly cheering her on. Gaining the upper hand quickly, the two magi soon have Herod against the planked wall. He reels nervously, but decides he has to try something, anything. Hey, look! It's, uh, Santa Claus! When Baz and Mel look away for a moment, Herod chops through both their wooden weapons with one swipe of his sword, rendering them useless. <laughs> oh, man! I can't believe you guys fell for that! Suddenly, dead serious, he draws his sword up and plunges it down at Baz. His sword is met with the blade of a shovel. With a snarl, Herod discovers the shoveler is none other than Casper. It's bold, your quest to alter time. Enough! But your skills are not as sharp as mine. Casper sneers at Herod, and they erupt into a fury of clangs. Herod throws fever swings, but calm and collected Casper disarms him quickly. Herod's sword is hurled into the straw, and Herod throws his hands up in surrender, instantly terrified. Hey, 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 okay, guys, relax! Tripping a little, he backs away from Casper. He tries to make a run for it, but realizes he's backed into a wall. Sucks to be Herod. Guys, this is not fair. You guys think I'm crazy, but you would have all done the same thing. Baz and Mel come to flank Casper, grateful to see their comrade alive. Without the throne, okay, I'm, who am who am I if I'm not the king, huh? Nobody, that's who, just like you. Stupid, pitiful nobodies. Do you think anybody would care about me if I wasn't forcing them to by threat of death? No, it's not fair. I know you don't like baby Jesus. All eyes tilt down to David as he pushes through the Magi's legs to the front of the pack. But he came to Earth so mean guys like you could have a second chance. If you don't like being a bully, then you can always just stop and see what happens. There was this kid at my school, that's what he did, and now we're friends. Well, we had to move so I might not see him again. That kind of sucks. But yeah, just stop trying to hurt baby Jesus and be nicer. Maybe you won't hate yourself as much. You know what I mean? You know, 
I'm so glad you said that. I've really learned a lot! Herod reaches up above and yanks on a hanging rusty trough. Swinging out from the wall, it spits sand and dust everywhere, but most inconveniently, right into the Magi's eyes. Leaping out of the way and recovering his sword, Herod is quickly lifting his blade before the glowing manger. Oh, holy night! Hey! Stay away from my boy! Good old Joseph, a carpenter and a tough guy in his own right, charges Herod to save his son, but he gets a strong punch in the gut and stumbles back. Well, good try, buddy. But wait, Baz is free now and lunges in too. Man, I blocked most of this out because it was pretty traumatizing for me at the time. I do get counseling in my benefits package, but who has the time, you know? Ouch. Yeah, see what I mean? This is bad. Herod clocks Baz really good with the hilt of his sword and she goes down. She's knocked out cold. Head in my hands, there I am in my office watching everything transpire on this tiny black and white monitor. On the video feed, Baz crumbles to the ground and David rushes to her side. He shakes her, trying to wake her. It's a disaster. Mike, forget protocol for a second, okay? That's John. I've got him on speakerphone. I open a little glass box on my desk and take hold of the shiny red orb. This is the master orb. Uh, forget the rules and the history of everything. You have to do something. I'm just entering the coordinates as a contingency. It's, it's a failsafe. Failsafe? Mike, you have to use it. No. We have protocol for a reason. Magi and the Quest for Christmas will return after these messages. Hey everybody, it is Seth, the DM for Cheaper by the Dungeon, and we are a D&D 5th edition podcast. Uh, our whole deal for our campaign currently is kind of treasure hunter themed. Uh, the players Normandy, Zippy, and Darian are looking for a grand treasure, but at the same time they'll probably screw it up and do whatever they want and become like farmers or something. Uh, either way, it'll be a fun time. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, which is like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, any other ones I'm missing, which is probably a lot. But anyways, we just like to have fun, hang out, and uh, screw up my DMing and plans. So, so if you like that, tune in. Uh, we release every kind of other Tuesday. So hopefully uh, come in and check our show out. Thanks, everybody. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas. The adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. <laughs> Finally! Your so-called messiah is going down for good. The doors to the stable swing open and a half dozen royal guards storm in. Hey, fellas. Nice of you to show up. Make sure these wise guys stay put, will ya? Yes, your majesty. The guards draw their swords and surround Mel and Casper. You are on the wrong side of history, my friend. Yeah, well, you've been staring at the stars your whole life and didn't see this coming, so... Baz is still down on the ground, but her eyes snap open. Herod draws his blade back. He's about to drive it into the manger, but Baz is watching. And don't mind the flashback here. I know it might seem like the future's set and nothing you do matters, but your actions can actually change things. Now, all generations will forever worship the one great king instead of some useless baby. All hail Herod! <laughs> oh no. This part's bad. Um, Baz has thrown herself in front of the manger, and Herod's run her through with his sword. No, uh, Baz. Oh, sweetheart. I really hope that was worth it. Baz doesn't break eye contact with Herod. This baby is more important 
than you or I will ever be. <laughs> okay, well, you're done, so have fun being dead. Hera tosses Baz aside, and she falls to the ground. I'm still in my office, watching all this on my little monitor. Mel and Casper try to get back to Baz, but, but the guards push them back. Baz! Mike! Are we doing this? What's the plan? Mike? I've got my hand trained over the red-tinted master orb. There's a glowing button. Mike? Talk to me! Well, what are we doing? We're instigating. And yeah, so that's when I press the button. I never do stuff like this, but something just came over me. We're back with John, stuck in the rubble under Katie's father's house. What's that, Mike? <laughs> you need your best angel to save the day? No problem! John, you cheeky little... He tucks into a ball and the floor underneath him gives way. If you can imagine him falling into a trapdoor, but it's not a trapdoor, it's a portal in time. One that is severely against protocol because I opened it remotely, but anyway, it drops him right in front of my desk. You're going into a bit of a mess here. Mike, I'm the best mess you got. <laughs> Go. I toss John a regular time orb and give my special master orb a little twist. I hit the button again, and off he goes. I have to admit, it felt pretty good to, you know, actually do something for a change. So John drops into the stable. There's Herod about to get baby Jesus. There's Baz dying on the floor. No big deal, right? There's Mary and Joseph in the corner and Mel and Casper surrounded by Herod's little squad of guards. There's a lot going on and John is a mess, but he's right. He's the best mess we've got. So he gives his orb a quick spin and tosses it like a frisbee at Herod's guards. They're zipped up into a portal and dumped into the desert somewhere. Don't ask me where. Don't know. Don't care. Now Mel and Casper are free and they tackle Herod to the ground. Herod's pretty desperate and makes one last lunge for the manger, but then... <laughs> he's, uh, he's blasted by a violent white light. I wouldn't make this up. Herod is tossed up into the ceiling and comes down in a shower of debris. Of course, all heads in the room crane over to the manger and it's glowing. The Messiah. He will be the king of broken men. Hope when we don't understand. Dude. That baby came out of me. Baz? Mel rushes over to Baz's side and lifts her head to see if she's okay. <laughs> they inspect her wound together and, yeah, there's no wound. Uh, I repeat, there's no wound. Did you get that? She's fine. Am I the only one who thinks staring at the stars is incredibly boring? <laughs> Your life is far from meaningless. With the phone to my ear, I watched baby Jesus on the video feed. Yeah, boss. I, I did see it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad they were there, too. Well, that's curtains for Herod. I gotta get out of here. Palming the time orb from his cloak, Herod tries to make a break for it. But <laughs> this is pretty funny. Baz grabs his foot and pulls it back. 
Herod hits the deck, and the orb shoots from his hands, hits the wall, and springs back to hit him in the face. Idiot. Oh, come on. That's our ride. John grabs Herod by the scruff of the neck and then motions to the Magi. Something you're forgetting? They're not sure what John's getting at until he gestures to Mary and Joseph. Now Casper starts digging in his pockets and he produces a crumpled plastic shopping bag. The boy said that presents are part of the plot. Remember the gas station loot he found? I hope these suffice. It's not really a lot. A few gold chocolate coins, a little tree air freshener, and travel-sized pack of skin moisturizer. He distributes all that stuff into Mel and Baz's hands. You're probably thinking, not the best gifts. I get it. David and John share a little look. They're thinking it too. But it's the thought that counts, right? The Magi kneel before Mary, Joseph, and their baby and offer their, uh, gifts. Well, the shepherds all got us the same sundial, so... Yeah. Wait, is that coin made of chocolate? She hugs Casper. Oh, God bless you, you beautiful bearded man. So what happens now? Are we safe or what? Oh, <laughs> thanks for reminding me. Here's the thing. You should think about moving. I hear Egypt's nice. Egypt, huh? Yeah, trust me. And hey... Merry Christmas. Wearing war paint, Katie is sneaking through the main hallway of her father's home. She peers around a corner like someone on a SWAT team. Master bedroom's clear. 10-4. Hey, I missed you, honey. I missed you too, Dad. Kevin is loading a pellet gun in the kitchen. He's keeping an eye out, but there's no sign of the barbarian. Until... Where'd he go? Ah, got him. Uh... Now, Dad, now would be good. Magi and the Quest for Christmas will return after these messages. Hey guys, this is Lee Harden, stand-up comedian. Just released a special with Drybar Comedy, and it is free to watch, 100% free to watch. Download the Drybar Comedy app in the App Store, or Google Play Store, Search for Lee Harden. You can watch the entire thing for free. Once again, Dry Bar Comedy. Search for Lee Harden. You can also find me at LeeHardenComedy.com. Thank you, guys. Hey, guys. This is Julia from the band Lightheart. If you're looking for new Christmas music to enjoy with friends and family this year, you can find our all-original full-length Christmas album at lightheartmusic.com. That's L-I-G-H-T-H-A-R-T music.com. Or on any streaming service such as Spotify or Apple Music. Thanks and have a Merry Christmas. Welcome back to Magi and the Quest for Christmas the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. Now, Dad, now would be good. It's jammed. Hold on. A sudden thrash of Chopper's arms takes out the bedroom door and most of the hallway wall. Katie's trapped. Dad? I can't do this. Baz, Mel, Casper, David, John, and Herod all appear in one giant dog pile at the other end of the long hallway, behind the barbarian. Get off me! Spotting her son behind Chopper, Katie's eyes get wide. David! The portal remains open, a wispy, swirling vortex of blues and whites. Chopper spins around and growls at the pile of bodies. Easy, Bigfoot. Here, eat the stupid kid. Herod shoves David forward and Chopper paws at him. Hey! 
Spinning around again, Chomper is rattled by the sight of Katie skewering him with the gravest of mum looks. She's seething. Get away from my boy. This is our house. That is my son. I'm the boss and I'm tired of getting pushed around. Chomper steps back. He totally just got mummed. Chomper the Barbarian is chilled to the bones. He spins around and runs. John holds the Magi and David out of the way, leaving Herod alone in the middle of the hall. Hey, well, what's going on? Chomper bowls into Herod and the two go tumbling into the swirling portal. The time orb rolls out onto the hardwood floor. Herod reaches for the orb as the portal pulls them in. No, 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 no! But David reaches in at the last moment and slams down at the button. Oh, come on! They're gone. Katie drops to her knees to embrace her son. David, I'm so proud of you. We're going to be okay. Kevin rounds the corner and joins the hug too. Swaddling Jesus, Mary admires the sprawling sunrise with Joseph by her side. No, 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 not my toes, not my toes, please. Mary and Joseph crane their heads to find Chomper pulling Herod's feet to his mouth. But Chomper is compelled to stop when he notices Mary with Jesus in her arms. Herod in tow, Chomper approaches Mary and Joseph, and then with bashful eyes, he kneels. The barbarian folds his hands and lowers his head to pray. Yeah. You're not going to eat my toes? Grabbing Herod's shoulders, Chomper forces him to kneel beside him and then continues praying. Looking to Mary and Joseph, Herod finds himself strangely penitent. He folds his hands to pray. Kevin, my name is Michael. You don't know me, but I'm the head of the Angel Headquarters, Time Division. Lovely home you have here. What's left of it. Right, so that's me again. I've just showed up at Kevin's place in the aftermath of all this mess. I've got a couple angels with me, and I'm looking around. There's Katie and David picking through the smashed Christmas presents. Baz, Mel, and Casper are all right there. I get the sense nobody really knows what to do. Hey, everyone. Well, I understand that this has been quite an ordeal Sir, for... I'll stop you right there. John comes out of the woodwork and steps in front of everybody. I gotta tell you, this was pretty unexpected. I want to take full responsibility for this. For everything, Baz and the guys totally saved the day. And this sweet family was just just trying to enjoy their Christmas. Whatever the consequences are here, lay it on me. This is my fault. John removes the metal wings insignia from his uniform and offers it to me, but I don't take it. I'm not going to take your wings. But... Look, I spend all day overseeing scheduled maintenance on the universe. Minute variations in the space-time continuum, they need to be kept in check. My job is to literally make sure nothing changes, ever. I'm very good at it, but but I learned something today watching this mess unfold. We, we, we don't always know what's going to happen. Where we've been doesn't need to define where we're going, and it's okay to make your own path. Sometimes you, you have to do something a little crazy. S sometimes that means breaking the rules a bit. That's what Christmas is all about, after all. I kneel down in front of David, seeing something broken, but believing it can be better. I palm David's shoulder and lean in close. You've got a pretty great mom here. David nods. I think you're going to be just fine. David nods again, and Katie sheds a tear. I stand and produce a fresh time orb from my belt. This operation could have gone a lot worse. Herod could have got baby Jesus. He almost did. But you people work together. The history of Christmas and, frankly, the hope of the world is intact thanks to you. So now I motion to the Magi. Time to get you three back home. Home? None of us have much to go back to. Honestly, I'm fairly certain we're all fugitives at this point. Wise men did come here from a long time ago. 
And after all this, we don't want to go home. Kevin peers at his cracked screen, but doesn't recognize the number. Hello? Hey, boss man. It's for you. Hello? Yes, sir? You heard that? I just thought maybe... Gotcha. Okay, then. Uh, I'll tell them. He says you can stay. So now, at this point, I begin shepherding everybody to the middle of the room with reassuring gestures. Yes, sir. Okay. Understood. That's very generous. They'll appreciate that. I motion for everybody to squeeze together tightly. Locking the phone, I return it to Grandpa. John and the other angels all stand by my side. I love when he shows off like this. Miraculously, the destruction plays back in reverse, in magical and glorious sweeps. The holes in the roof and floor are repaired. The Christmas dinner rematerializes. Furniture is fused back together and put back into place. The Christmas tree stands upright and wrapping paper covers the gifts back up. Inspecting where a wall was repaired, Katie can't find a single seam. One of the angels leans over to John. Hey, so what was the special op you had planned for the kid? Me and the guys had a little bet going. Oh, uh, I was just going to get him Foo Fighters tickets or something. <laughs> this is way cooler. I approach David and produce his Nintendo Switch from my jacket pocket. He's pretty excited to see it again. We get all the games up here a couple months early, so I put some of those on there for him. All right, back to the office. Hey, John. Yeah, boss? I toss a fresh time orb his way. Even the greats didn't get it perfect all the time, kid. I want to talk to you about a job when you get back. I offer a wink and keep walking with the other angels. John stops in his tracks. The sun is coming up. He tosses the time orb into the air and catches it. Just like that. <laughs> so now we're at a university one year later. Students and teachers form a crowd outside of a campus bookstore. At a small table, Mel signs a book bearing his photograph for a happy fan. The book is titled, How to Waste Your Life Staring at the Stars. Look at him, being all ironic and culturally relevant. Now we're in a dark, sweaty club, and there's a dense crowd rocking out to a hip-hop set. On stage, behind turntables, Casper is shirtless, scratching, and rapping. <laughs> the crowd is losing their minds. Okay, so now there's a group of armed robbers ambushing an old lady in a trashy, anonymous alleyway. Wrong video, you might say. Are we watching Spider-Man 7? Keep watching. Leaping down from a fire escape, it's Bass. She knocks out the robbers in a flurry of martial arts and then waits for a long beat. A director and cinematographer applaud. There's a camera and a bunch of lights. Baz helps one of the robbers to his feet, and then an actress wearing a superhero costume crosses straight to Baz to get help on some of her martial arts moves. It's a good fit, right? Baz has become a stunt double. At an airport now, Baz nabs a small suitcase from luggage claim, then hails a cab in the snow by the curb. Grandpa's front door opens to reveal Casper and Mel with their hands full of wrapped Christmas presents. They're welcomed by Katie, her father, David, and Baz. Oh, I almost forgot. They're all wearing festive wool sweaters, and it's the cutest thing ever. So now we're watching the gang share a Christmas dinner, laughing, talking with their hands, passing dishes back and forth. Mm, okay, that food looks good. We never did get that Chinese food in here. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Forget it. We're wrapping up anyway. Oops, okay, almost forgot. Suddenly the gang finds John before them. He's wearing a slick new black jumpsuit and a sly grin. He tosses his time orb to Baz. How's dinner? Baz snatches the orb from the air and inspects it, intimately. She flashes a mischievous grin. Hmm. 
I wonder what happens if I press this button. Thank you for listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Magi and the Quest for Christmas was written and directed by Francois Goudreau, with Andrew Collins and John Austin contributing to the radio play and additional story by Julia Appleton and Jay Nielsen. Original score composed by Michael Patterson and original songs provided by the band Lightheart. The production featured the voice talent of three-time Emmy Award winner Cam Cornelius, Khadija Tula, John Barker, Jacob Goudreau, Julia Appleton, Jason John Stewart as the narrator, and me, Mike Lane. To hear Magi and the Quest for Christmas again, or to hear what you missed, head to magipodcast.com. That's magi, M-A-G-I, podcast.com, where you can also see a full list of cast and crew. Or you can also find the show on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening. Your life is far from meaningless. So that's how I saved Christmas. Okay, okay, okay. That's how we saved Christmas. Jeez, you guys are touchy. What? Oh, this? No, 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 no. That's just a little extra footage I took out. I might get in trouble. That's the only thing. Uh, Okay, okay. Don't tell anyone about this. We're in the Jerusalem marketplace. There are dozens of customers in line at this booth. Burgers sizzle to perfection on a hot iron grill. Flipping burgers and wearing a big smile, it's King Herod. Happier, lighter, life is good, you know. He paws at a crate for something, but discovers it's empty. Hey, big guy, we're all out of cheese back here. At the front of the booth, Chomper takes orders from the customers in line. He's no longer a barbarian. He's groomed and looking sharp. Who knows, maybe he'll even start dating. Out of cheese. Next in line, Joseph sags in disappointment. Bummer. Without cheese, it's just a boring burger. Beside him, Mary offers a pat on the back. So sweet. It's okay, honey. A puff of curly hair hoists itself up over the counter, revealing itself to be the hair of toddler Jesus, curious to see what's going on. He blinks. Double-checking, Herod discovers that the crate is now full of cheese. Did you see that? Hey, never mind. We got loads of cheese. That's weird. Yeah, loads of it. He grabs some slices and chuckles to himself. All hail the king, baby. Herod flips a burger in the air and admires his embroidered apron. In bold red letters... King of the Grill. He will be t- t- king of the broken man when they don't understand. He's the guy to plan going back in time to win it all. Number can't yeah. Wise men did come here from Orient land. Walking on asphalt instead of on sand. Dashing from cars as they're trudging through snow. Searching to find what the prophets foretold The star that would lead them to where he would lay Well, they couldn't find it to show them the way The ice in their beards, three wise men afraid How long will they last in this cold? Who's to say? 